Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson razor. Henson razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. Right now at Safeway, earn four times rewards points when you shop for participating items with Safeway for you. Shop for items like Frigo Crumbled Blue Cheese, Kellogg's Club Crackers, Coca-Cola, All Liquid Detergent, or Utz Chips, and earn four times rewards points with Safeway for you. Offer expires January 4th. Plus, get select holiday essentials like gift wraps, bags, holiday decor, lights, and more. Buy one, get one 50% off. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for full offer details. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. It is the Custard TV podcast, the TV podcast for TV fans, run by three TV obsessives. Your TV obsessives this week, Luke, editor and runner of the website, Matt in the Northern Area. We should call this original recipe Custard it TV podcast. It is because our third obsessive is our old erstwhile colleague, Gary. Hello, Gary. Hey, I'm Yay. back for one week only. We oh, were having what we call in the industry an off-mic conversation. Uh-huh. But then we thought, that's not really fair. We need to share it with the listeners who've known and loved us for this long. So you've had a lot of changes in your life of late. 2020 yeah. brings a lot of change. Three major changes in 2020. And I didn't even get to the third one in the preamble that we were having. So the first one is that I have moved out of London. I am no longer uh, a Londoner. I'm no longer part of the uh, media elite. Um, and I can complain <laughs> I about I don't think you ever were, life. really, if we think about it. <laughs> well, that's why, you know, I lived in London yeah. and I was, you know, left, left-wing left liberal. So I'm, I'm fairly sure I was part uh, of the left, left-wing liberal elite. You were, oh, yeah. were you left-wing? <laughs> well... <laughs> I'm not right thing, I suppose, but you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I now live in a village in Kent, uh, so I moved here in November, uh, and it's going really well. It's very nice. It's very quiet, uh, very peaceful. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, complaining about uh, uh, bin collection services and uh, road traffic accidents and uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. Which have are you lived major... in a village before? Or have you always been in? Oh no no no! I I've never lived outside the borough of Lewisham before. I I was very much a London boy. God, look at you in 2020. I know. And then the second thing is, um, I, I've joined the local parish council. So I, 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 if you could address me as, as councillor, Gary, uh, that would be I nice. always thought you needed counselling. I've always <laughs> said it. Yes, I'm now, I'm now deeply involved in, in local uh, building regulations and the cost of uh, repainting fences. Which village is it, Gary, just in case we have any other listeners from this village? Uh, it, I, I don't know if I want to release that. No, it's the, it's the, the village We're in We're not Borough releasing Green. your address. No, no, I know. No, I know. Yeah, it might be a small village of four houses. Is there any way that I could see your GDPR um, certificate first? Very true. Um, yeah, yeah. No, before can, I release yeah. that. No, uh, it, it's it's a village of Borough Green. It's about um, two, three miles outside Sevenoaks in Kent, which is in northern oh. Kent. Sounds very picturesque, even though I've it's never lovely. seen a picture of it. Yeah, yeah. look up, look up Borough Green. It's, a, it's very close to a British heritage site called. Um, item moat so much. i'm guessing the third thing is your toes growing back no i've got a new job in the nhs as well i'm starting a new oh. job in starting a new job on the seventh pediatric consultant uh, not quite no, business. <laughs> it is a good job title though i'm gonna be a business manager Ooh, sounds good doesn't it 
does sound good. Yeah. Sounds like a sort of make busy makeshift title, really. Oh, I'm come on, Matt. It's, it's bad as <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I don't mind. I'm quite happy being called T-Boy, to be honest. As long as they pay me and I get a desk and a chair, that's a fine. What, what does it involve? Who are you managing? Have you got uh, people so, under you? Yeah, yeah. I'll he always has. Uh, staff. Yeah, I'll be responsible for other people. Yeah, be scared. And, and I'll be responsible for making sure that the outpatient clinic runs smoothly and, you know, all the statistics uh-huh. and the waiting times. Where, where's, where's this clinic, Gary? Sorry. Why are you uh, so obsessed where the, everything is? No, no, where, where's the clinic? It's at the, the Maudsley Hospital in London. Oh. Okay, so if you, if you go to the Maudsley Clinic in London, you might want to just sort of, you know, bear that in mind if there's a bit of a backlog <laughs> yeah. or anything. Just oh Gary. Gary's responsible for the smooth running of your outpatient unit, so just just bear that in mind. Luke, Gary, and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. So on the menus today, we got the return of Inside Number Nine. Then uh, we started The Good Place together on my instruction and it came to an end on Friday. So how do we feel that's that ended up? And then we've got a brand new Channel 4 drama called Baghdad Central and a brand new Netflix drama from Harlan Coben and Danny Brockhurst called The Stranger. But yeah. I, what, what you haven't mentioned in your three um, things that have happened to you in, in 2020, you haven't mentioned that you turned 65. Oh, ha ha. Just because you asked let's me, just, let's just look at your menu. Go on then. Go on then. Shall I? I'll reel. i I'll reel yes. off. Oh, go on. Hold on. Something for 2020. I'll look at the hard drive, shall I? Hey. Yes. So some of the stuff that we're watching. I'm, I'm on series two of The Sopranos. I decided to well go back done. and start watching that. Well done. Uh, still watching Call the Midwife. Finding it a bit emotional, though, this year. Just n- Comic relief. The yeah. fans will miss that me. That used to be my job, so I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. it's worrying you. Uh, Vera, I know you're going to hate me for that. Oh, Christ. Silent Witness, going to hate yeah. me. Bradley Walsh and Son, Breaking Dad, going to hate me for that. Christ, uh, yeah. Uh, best Home Cook, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, and uh, and I'm, I'm slightly hooked on Curb Your Enthusiasm now. because I Well was done, sir. I dismissed it as being kind of a bit... A bit too like so. The people that told me said every scene was like done off the top of their heads, and I thought oh, that would be funny. Well, it can't. But yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, but I'm wrong, and it is, and I'm it on series three. You know what I discovered was a thing last night, and I've never heard of this program before. Uh-huh. Um, but I was around at my friends, and we were watching ITV. There's a shopping with Keith Lemon. I'd never oh, heard God. of this yes. program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a weird thing where Keith Lemon does like an interview where while going shopping with someone, yeah. and the bit we watched was him going around London with one of the gosses. I think I want to see Matt or Luke. Oh. Oh, yeah, Matt. We're both, we're both oh, yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> does that make me Craig? No. Yeah, you've always been Craig in my oh, mind. Um, but yeah, they were just sort of going around. Like having a yeah, hair, that's getting some shoes. They, but it what? was a, it was an ITV two thing that they were rerunning on that on they ITV. They thought, oh, this is good enough for the main channel. But you yeah. also like Grantchester, don't you? Which yeah, yeah. Well, Grantchester's more that I watch on a Friday night with my mum, so she likes okay. it, and I, it's uh, not bad. Gary, have you been watching The Mass Singer? Yeah, but not religiously. But yeah, I did find. I've out been it watching was... it when I go round to my friend's house because they're obsessed by it now. So I was around there last night. I'm of the opinion that one of them is Danny Minogue. 
But no, the um, one I think you think is Danny Minogue, I think is Catherine Jenkins. Oh, okay. They're very good at disguising their voices because I must admit, not I haven't seen too many people get. Although involved. you can, you could tell that the the duck was skin from Skunk and Nancy before it was revealed last night. Oh, fair enough. So we'll start, I think, with a show that we could spoil easily, but we're not going to. Uh, this is Netflix's The Stranger. It's from Harlan Coben and Nicholas Schindler of Red Productions. Danny Brocklehurst is writing. Uh, the story with Harlan Coben's guidance is based on a novel he wrote, uh, transversing things from the US setting to a British setting. Uh, it's an eight-part series, similar to uh, the last Harlan Coben adaptations, Safe and The Five. And this starts with Richard Armitage taking his son to football and a stranger coming up to him and saying, your wife faked her pregnancy I check into the fathership of the boys. They may not be yours. And uh, that's the impetus. That's the start of the story. And it sends Richard Armitage into a bit of a state trying to find out things about what his wife's been doing online with their bank account, etc. Meanwhile, there is a story about a beheaded alpaca that Siobhan Finneran's uh, DC has to look into. And then there's a dead body found as well. So there's an awful lot going on. It's not a dead body, is it? No, it's an alive body that looks dead. I am sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Yes, it's, I forgot that. No, he's alive. Sorry, that's not a spoiler. You find that out in the first episode. So those are the basics of that first episode. There's a lot going on. Uh, each story is bonkers as the last. That Jennifer these... Saunders runs a coffee shop yeah, as well. Yeah, and she's got that. two massive Irish wolfhounds. Will they be important? I don't know. We'll find out. Did they, but, um, did they behead the alpaca? They could. They could team up on it. Maybe. Or maybe they wouldn't need to. They're quite. Oh, I should also mention that the alpaca, uh, the the pa- alpaca farm lady names her alpacas uh, by boy groups. So take that. We're all accounted for. But there was a member of One Direction missing. That's. I believe it was Louis. I do. I know. I thought that as well. It's amazing what you retain from these programs. I thought that that, that was quite poetic because wasn't Louis the one that left? Same oh, they, as the one that left. They, they and I'm annoyed. I know that, Gary. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm yeah, well, so seems, annoyed. Seems... I know. So these Harlan Coben adaptations, they put me personally in a really tricky, critical position because uh, Nicola Schindler runs Red Productions. She's lovely. We've spoken to her loads of times. She's given me a load of great feedback on the site. She's been instrumental in a lot of my favourite programmes. And yet these, I just find completely unbearable. When I'm watching them, I just think they're completely bonkers. I don't know who they're made for, who would fall head over heels, you know, infatuated with them. I, I just cannot get on board at all. I just think I, they're silly. I think you're going to get your answer in a minute. Oh, well, I do know the answer. That's why I'm setting it <laughs> well, up. Let, 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 let me tell you, uh, Nicholas Schindler, I didn't like this. I loved it. <laughs> oh, I forgot he used to do the Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. Uh, keeping in there with the One Direction, aren't we, with the Simon I know, Cowell. you're sticking yeah. in the One Direction. I put my hand up and say, I have now watched the whole series. So obviously, sort of, sort of like two, three episodes a day. I know what Luke is talking about because of Luke's previous conversations about these adaptations that Harlan Coben does. And I suppose the other thing I have to admit to is I'm a Harlan Coben book fan. He specialises in uh, these kind of like missing people mysteries, very much family orientated. And he does do these sort of multiple strands that end up coming into an answer. 
And the good thing that those those of you that are worried, like, will this end up with you know a satisfying sort of conclusion? I can tell you that there is a understandable answer to all the questions. This is not a situation where you're going to get lots of what ifs, maybes, and so and sos that don't end up having an answer. That said, I can see from episode one why you perhaps struggle with it, Luke. I just find it really clunky. The adaptation of it doesn't quite fit in episode one. I just think it's really Could you go into it a bit more, Luke, what what you didn't like? I find the world so heightened, and I find all the performances and the dialogue really clunky. It's like a bubblegum... Thriller. It's a really silly thriller, I mean, that, that's and I, his I can never. Book, though, yeah, yeah I can never cultish. just relax into it because it's just too not, silly. Not everything. We've had this conversation before. Not everything's going to be, you know, no, not everything is. No, fly on the You know, and if you're only looking for that one thing in every drama, you're not going to get it. And this is this is a different sort of story and things like that. So, what specifically in in this genre didn't you didn't you like? I didn't just didn't buy any of. It. The, the particularly um, there's some there's a conversation that Richard Armitage has with Dervla Kerwin uh, when he confronts her, and I thought that's good. We're getting the confrontation in the first episode. We're not waiting around for them to have their "What's this all about?" conversation. But but after it, the 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 way they delivered it is really clunky. The acting's really che- it's cheesy. I think it's cheesy. Okay, it's che- that's the word I'm looking for. Like Deadwater fell. That is gritty and dark and the sort of thing I like, but that went off the boil for me as well because David Tennant slowly morphs into a panto villain and it becomes less about the people around him and and, and things. But I stuck with that. This I just find cheesy. I'm sort of somewhere in the middle in this. I found it an easier watch than the first episode of Safe. You know, this sort of, you know... Secrets bubbling under sort of suburbia is, is seems to be the sort of recurring theme. You know, I thought it was well paced. The story was intriguing enough. Um, I think it's lifted by the actors that are in it here. You know, you've got Siobhan Finneran, Richard Armitage, Dave and I thought we were all good. But yeah, I, I, I can see what Luke means. That some of the dialogue was quite clunky. The di- certainly mm. the scenes between Siobhan Finneran and her younger partner all seemed, you know, a bit written rather than natural. Yeah. And yeah. Jennifer Saunders seemed to be in a completely different programme from everyone else. So, <laughs> um, it's, yeah. there, are two, there are two other good actors that come into it later that aren't in episode okay. one. Yeah, Anthony Head okay. uh, <laughs> comes into it as Richard Armitage's father. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, as another police detective, it and I can't remember his name, but I know he played Dennis Penis. Okay. Paul Kay. And he's very good. And I think Luke would find it easier to follow his storyline and, and, and relate to him than maybe some it, of the others. Because I do agree that although Richard Armitage does go through a good range of emotions in the series, his opening performance is quite dull. But I think there's a reason for that. It basically means he opens up as the series goes on, as he reveals more, as he finds more. But at the beginning, he, you know, he's a lawyer. You really only know that he's been married. You know, his, his wife lost a baby. He's got two kids. He's helping Stephen Rear fight for his life. That's all you know about him in episode mm, yeah. one. That's really not the basis of it. You know, and, and you do get more. But, and I, I, do, I do see what Luke means. I mean, obviously, I don't agree 
because I think the story moves along at quite a pace. I think the characters are quite believable. If you've ever lived in that kind of middle class um, sort of area where everybody knows everybody, like, like Gary does, like Gary does, like I'm, like I'm <laughs> you'll be in the next Harlan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill an alpaca. It's gonna um, be all around the dodginess of this parish council. Well, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Is it really. gonna be a bit like your your Keep new talking. village? Is it gonna be a bit like Hot Fuzz, where you all sort of? <laughs> Kill off the ne'er do wells for the. I did, I, and, and, but I, but I do, I do understand what Luke means. What I use is the old airport novel thing, isn't it? It's... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's one yeah. of the, you know, turn the page thrillers. He um, writes about six a year, which gives you some yeah. idea of Where, you know, how prolific yeah. he is. Whereas, sort of, you know, story sort of trumps character, really, doesn't it? In these, yeah. in in these books, so um, yeah. that's that's, that's what that's what we're getting here. And if you if you enjoy sort of a good page turner like Gary does, it's easier to see why he'd like it. Whereas Luke, you're all about characters and believing in the worlds mm. and things like that, which you don't get in this. It was just the clunkiness of it, really, and the, and the the sort of it didn't take itself overly seriously, but it didn't take itself as a as a jokey thing. It was some, somewhere in the middle. And to your point, Matt, I know you like to be objective on things, and I know you have a busy life and you barely watch TV and blah blah blah, all the things we say every week. <laughs> but if, but if but if you were truly intrigued, you would have found a gap to watch the next one well i only no? watched i only watched the first episode yesterday it was only thursday luke. yeah and i watched it yesterday luke and we're recording I, on sunday and then i had slowly. to go and see friends and watch the mass singer which you know yeah my blood is slowly boiling so the stranger <laughs> the stranger is, is on netflix that, now um i i found it hard to find on netflix as well i don't know whether it's because i've been so adverse to the other ones uh, there, there hasn't been a huge th- th- no this is i mean like there's been more press about the fact that it was the good place last episode and bojack horseman last series rather than um the strangers yeah netflix is in a weird place with their drama isn't it? i i don't really know what their what their platform is because i don't think these are they're obviously given to australia and america but i never hear the us or australian critics reviewing them or talking about them it's just weird well, I, how these have ended up should, there is this a good part i know you probably mentioned it on your site or on twitter but the fact that they've sort of said that the, the fifth series of the crown will be the last mm, mm. so there's going to be a huge amount of their budget there that they're going to save yeah um, because that's a lavish production whereas this was this was above average production values i would say there was no huge sets or anything well, but looked, you know, there, looked, there was plenty of outdoors looked, and 
plenty of outdoors yeah. and it didn't look bad. You know, maybe they are going to move towards making these kind of productions a bit more production heavy rather than spending yeah. all their money on the crown, if, if that's where they're deciding to go. Maybe. It's, it's interesting. The dramas are sort of... You never quite know what you're going to get with them, do you? So, The Stranger is there on Netflix for you to binge. Gary's done it all. Uh, I am sort of done after one. But I am intrigued just to see whether the dogs of... Je- do they, actually, you could say now, do the dogs of Jennifer Saunders have anything to do with the end result? No, they never feature again. Oh, God. See, that was the one thing I was clinging on to. Yeah, sorry. On, do we sorry, find out man. what happened to the alpaca? Well, I'll tell you off air. Come on, that wouldn't be fair, would it? That's a yes. <laughs> I don't need any more than that. <laughs> oh, I sleep soundly tonight, I tell you. Right, okay, so uh, that is on Netflix now. It's called The Stranger. Okay, next up is another drama, this time from the guys at Channel 4. It's called Baghdad Central, and I'm going to do what he hates and ask Matt to set this up. Oh, God, again. So this is set in Baghdad. <laughs> I believe in the centre of Baghdad as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the very centre of it. 2003, I think. Yes, I got it, that is. Right. So, uh, it is. Second Gulf War. So, yeah, the Second Gulf War, sort of American-occupied Baghdad. The main guy is a former policeman in, in, the, in the Baghdad's um, force. He has two daughters, one of whom has got a kidney infection, yep. uh, the other of whom is at university, and he finds out early on is working for the Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's then a separate story with this um, American fella who's kidnapped by this other family who believe that he was instrumental in um, beating up or injuring yeah. a cousin. The police officer guy is kidnapped under false pretenses, uh, tortured, believed to be uh, in the militia. Eventually, Frieda meets uh, Bertie Carvel's character, who is this guy who's trying to convert sort of Iraqi police officers to help the Americans. Have I got that right? Well, he's trying yes. to rebuild the Iraqi police force mm. for when the Americans leave. <laughs> Pretty good. I felt like I just watched it again. Thank you, Matt. Um, well, I could Gary. do the accents as well. Oh, does do the accents. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, <laughs> we'll Gary how, how do you feel about this? Um, I, I would say above lukewarm about this one. Um, I, I was a little bit about I thought, the void I about was the... going to be a hot. That's <laughs> going to that's going to be the new uh, spin-off podcast, of, isn't yeah. it? Lukewarm, lukewarm. Yeah. <laughs> I particularly like the attention to detail. How when they arrested the police officer, they likened him to the three of diamonds. Now, those of you that weren't old enough or around didn't pay attention enough. In the Second Gulf War, the Americans handed out these cards. Of, of the most dangerous people that they wanted to collect. And they were done in packs of cards. And, of course, the more high-ranking, the higher your card. You know, like your aces, your kings, your queens were. Um, so th- doing that was good. I think also, as well, that tension between the Baghdadis, uh, the, 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 the Americans, the, the, even the British, as you say, the, the character that was the playing a Brit there, as, a, as someone who was going to stay behind, that was all done rather well. I didn't like the fact that you switched between... English speaking and then subtitles only in the sense that I kind of felt like this should be one or the other I would have been quite happy if it was subtitled I agree I I didn't want it to switch between the two I Um, agree with you but I think the main character was quite believable the main police officer you know the former police officer you know he he had this quite a kind of gruff but quite believable exterior 
you know, he, he was quite kind of a matter of a fact, but also clearly seemed to care about his daughter. I think the character's name is Moosin. Thank you. And, and some of the family interactions were quite interesting. You know, he's got a, a sister and a brother-in-law uh, who also helped look after his daughter at university, or she might have lived with them um, whilst they were at uni. And he was kind of sort of keeping tabs on her via them. Um, and that kind of dynamic was quite good. I didn't quite like to the British character. He seemed overtly smug. Bertie Carvel's character, Frank, yeah, Frank I, I, Temple. I, I just think the whole kind of taking your glasses off and sucking the end of your thing and <laughs> and like I, I kept, I kept, no, but like like I kept, there was it was it was very British stereotype. I kept expecting him to sort of spark up a pipe or something. Or, I know what you mean. It was just the yeah. way you said it though, sucking on the thing. Yeah, well, no, yeah, like yeah, sorry, but no, I mean he sort of did that very and you know he, he was very into rules and regulations and was very sort of anti-American. Yeah. I don't know. I like the idea that they're rebuilding a police force. So you've got the double kind of like going forward. You've got the double kind of thing of the hunt for his missing daughter and what will I assume will become a more police procedural, but a very different police procedural because it's set inside a war zone. What I liked about this was the sort of this is what the Iraqis were like, you know, during this period in the Iraq war, we get the sort of Iraqi side of the story and it's sort of Mm. one of those... They, they're just like us, really, which is a bit patronising to an extent. But I think the family that they focus on are sort of a sympathetic group. You know, I think they give you enough to build sympathy for Musin and, and his daughter and, and their world and the sort of the general Baghdad population where it's like you never know if you're going to get shot one minute, you know, when you've got a gun pointing mm. in your face. Um, it, you know, there's this sense of sort of paranoia and things like that with the sort of Western forces in, in in there but i i found this a bit of a slog if i'm honest as well i hmm. uh, you know this i don't think is for me it's a bit sort it was a bit sort of plodding you know it didn't really intrigue me enough if i had the time as you say if i was going to watch one of these two dramas it would probably be the stranger <laughs> over this i i feel like you've both summed it up pretty well i mean i i had to watch this in several goes because I like I found it a real slug. I really struggled to get into it. Really, it didn't hook me at any point. I appreciated having a drama set in a different world, looking at it from another point of view. I appreciated that, but in the same way, it felt like a drama of years gone by, almost like early Homeland or early Spooks. Mm. It didn't feel... Yeah, there was a touch of Homeland about it. Yeah, I, it... I, I'll second that. It didn't feel like a contemporary piece, although it was set, of course, in twenty, in two thousand three. It didn't feel a contemporary story, really. It just it felt like it's come out of nowhere a little bit. No, I don't think I'll continue either for the same okay. reasons you say. Just because the subtitles annoyed me, it didn't annoy me. I thought it was a bit jarring. Is the nicest way of putting it. And the rest of it, I just thought there's not enough character here for me to hang my hat on, and I'm not that invested in the story it's not normal that i would watch things you know in bits but this i really i found i had to be in the right frame of mind for it and really give it my time because otherwise i would drift away and start checking emails and spamming gary with a load of abuse on twitter and things yeah he could stop doing that no it's i think it's a bonding exercise so baghdad central is air uh, airs on monday nights on Channel 4, or you can binge the whole thing uh, on all four, if you so wish. Oh, I wish TV was good. Um, right, let's talk... <laughs> about... 
What is that, do is we that want? Just like, is that just like a little aside to the audience yeah. there? Is yes, like, yeah, I, just I wish generally. Was Luke, what are you enjoying on TV at the moment before we go? <laughs> Good question, Matt. Good question. Um... Are you enjoying anything in life at all? Um... <laughs> I'm quite effort and bitter at the moment. What should we spoil next? The good place. Well, not spoil. What should we discuss at length next? Let's do inside number nine and we'll end with the good place. So inside number nine, I'm going to let Gary set this up because this is... Oh, yeah, because it's football. This is football. Yeah, okay. Luke Luke did used to host that sports radio show. I wish there was tapes of that because that would have been... Can you imagine? They're on eBay somewhere. That's that's a podcast somewhere. It it was the moments where I'd be reading off the teletext and the page would change. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was terrifying. <laughs> What's the title of this one, Gary? Do you know? I don't. Is I it, don't. Is it the name of the player? No. Go on. It's, a, it's a famous footballing phrase. Game of two halves? No. What's the famous phrase they talk about the people? Who, who was it about? This Ref, Referees and linesmen. Yeah, so who? what's the famous phrase that's chanted about referees? The referee... Well, I can't say that. <laughs> That's the, <laughs> the title. What is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you. I'm, I'm with you. Okay. Uh, so, as, referees as... of water. There you go. Ah, right. Yeah. Uh, or is w, w star 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 er is right. how it's. Um... The referees of waiter. Fuzzy uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so... is on the side. They're only like yeah, guest might, referees. Now, basically, they? what this is is the main character is the referee who is about to. Um, referee his last football game this is his professional he's in like the championship so he's not a premier league referee he's the next level down okay uh, and, and very early on uh, you, you see him getting ready he's he's geeing up his uh, um, seconds you know his linesman and his fourth official the yeah. fo- now the fourth official is reese Steersmith or not I, d- I only don't know because I don't know it, what Was it that or was it Steve Pemberton? Oh, that was the Steve Pemberton. And he plays someone who sort of is a bit about himself. She is, he... Was Shearsmith the linesman? Yeah, Shearsmith is the linesman. Yeah. So hey, look at me with my football knowledge. I know. Yeah. Steve Pemberton plays this kind of guy who wants refereed a match at the San Siro and can't stop talking about no, it. No, that's Reece Shearsmith. Okay, well, that's the Reece guy. Shearsmith keeps then. talking about the San Siro. Yeah. Okay. And he his character is basically all about the rules as well, but he's a bit of a nerd. You've got a very interesting kind of bit uh, character work by um, Ralph Little. Ralph Little of the I Royal Family this. and two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. He plays this sort of up and, and now coming... Death in Paradise. Is that on your hard drive? No, no. Let's let's not go anywhere near that. He plays uh, one of the assistant referees, or we know them as linesmen, and he's quite up and coming. He thinks that he's being scouted to uh, to be part of the the officiating crew at the Qatar World Cup, and uh, then you've got. Um, Steve Pemberton's character, who plays the kind of more Sunday league linesman. You know, he turns up late, he's eating, he doesn't really seem to worry too much about the rules. And they kind of kick off this kind of uh, bit where you see them in the dressing room. They're about to meet the captains. If one team wins, they go up. If another team loses, they go down. There's also a subplot about the fact that two of the people in the room support another club called City. You know, they're also in the hunt for promotion. It turns out the head referee. You're gonna to have to tell me the name because I recognise him. But David Morris. David Morris. The character is called Martin. Martin. He is gay and is having an affair with the star striker of um, of Rovers, and that is basically the shock. And he is the number nine of the inside number nine this week. I knew you'd get to that. I knew. I knew. Well, after we get the, the fence, hair. 
I didn't I, see the hair. I wasn't looking for the hair. How weird. You used to. Every I, week. Uh, yeah, I used to. Um, I didn't see it. You've changed. I know. I've changed. I've moved to the country. There's incidents in the first half that lead you back in to see the four of them, plus a mascot, plus the player back in yeah. the dressing room at halftime. Yeah. And a big reveal at the end uh, when David Morrissey reveals his true colors, shall we oh, say. Right. Oh, nicely done. And there's the nice twist that you mm. get in most yeah. episodes of Inside Number Nine. Which you're yeah. sort of waiting for a little bit, aren't you? And I suppose you get one early on as well with, as you say, the relationship yeah. between the, the referee and, and the player. It's almost like a three-act play, this, isn't it? Yes, you know, yeah. and, and a lot of the best ones have been. But mm. this more so than others, I think, because, because you've got it's so three stuck in the one place. periods. You know, you've got the one, you've got the one, then the two. You, as you said, like, pre-match, half-time, match has ended. Those three things. Matt, Hi. You, you like me, you're not big on your football. You know oh, you're no, no, you, Did it no. distract... No, not at all. I don't think so. No, I don't think you needed to know about football to enjoy enjoy this. I think, you know, they, they had very, as, as Gary uh, so eloquently said, you know, they had all very defined characters. You know, David Morrissey was sort of this above-the-line, uncorruptible official. Rishi Smith was... As you say, always talk about the sun. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Zira, you know, he was quite. I don't even um, know what that is. I'm so daft. I don't, I it, it's, it's an Italian stadium where Inter Milan and AC Milan play. Yeah, it's quite that's... a famous stadium. And, okay. and, and you know, but he was quite sort of down to earth, you know, in, the, in his pants and, and, you know, in the toilet at the beginning. Super Edmonton's character was eating a lot, this sort of oafish character. And then Ralph Little was the young manscaping pretty boy wanting to sort of further his career whereas this was the last day for David Morrissey and I I enjoyed the structure I thought it all works I believe the characters I thought the twist was a little bit weak in terms of inside the nines but it worked in the context of this um I didn't think it needed a big twist this was sort of it was never gonna have one no was it no 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 yeah I enjoyed it I think you know as as we've said before the first episode of an inside number nine series is almost that little sort of intro you know you don't ever get your sort of big dramatic or innovative ones very dark in the first episode you tend to get here's some people you recognize here's a sort of recognizable situation have at it i would say this is probably my least favorite episode of inside number nine i found myself drifting away i found myself not as engaged but but i I, I think so because i don't even know 
the little that Matt knows, I don't even know that. So I'm assuming a lot of it, a lot of the gags just went over my head through my just complete lack of knowledge of I don't think the there topic. was a lot of football gags, though. I don't think there was. There was, think... there was not a lot of football gags, but I suppose there was football structure, shall we call it. So some yeah, of the I gags, didn't understand some of the gags... what the arguments were about a lot yeah. of the time. And, and, oh, okay. And, I, I, it's not me being difficult. I just genuinely didn't, you know. If I was what, if this was a drama, I'd have the same issue. I just genuinely didn't know what. I mean, the it was clearly were. written by. It was clearly written by people who do like. Oh people. yes, I so think that, that's the one thing. I was it's written by Steve Pemberton and Rishi Smith. Yeah, who I'm assuming are are football fans. But yeah, probably my least favorite. But a, a bad episode of Inside Number Nine is better than most of the BBC yeah. comedy output. So that's not. <laughs> That's not a, a, a slate as well. Better than Warren. Well, oh, don't put me in an awkward position. Better, better than King Gary. Oh, see, you're really pushing me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in, well, the thing I wanted to talk briefly about was I've got three episodes in the BBC previews uh, section that I can watch. However, episode two cuts off after ten minutes because they want to keep it a complete Ooh. secret for everybody. They did the same thing with the mass Singer. They didn't show you... Oh, was. Matt, will you stop? <laughs> um, I think we know what Matt's show of 2020 is so far. Yeah. I know. So that's intriguing. And I think we will, uh, as a weekly thing, we're going to try and review each Inside Number 9, as we used to in previous years. But yeah, as I say, my least favourite episode of, of the, the series as a whole, but still... A worthwhile episode and a, and a good half hour of your time. Just, I mean, just I, I not... suppose I should say, I, I, as the one of us that is a sports bad fan, as opposed to mild yeah. fan and no fan, uh, I I really liked it and I I did enjoy it and I thought I didn't think it was a weak episode at all. I think the twist and everything fitted really well and I thought it was quite good and relevant and topical. You know, there were things in there about the Qatar World Cup. You know, about mm, about again, it playing better. You know, the, these are things that are affecting football at the moment. So I thought that was quite good. Um, I, I liked it. I don't agree that this was a weak one, in my opinion. No. Okay. No, it was a nice sort of just like intro one. You know, it was yeah. a nice sort of more sort of comedy, very sort of base. You know, I, I, I didn't. I was quite invested from beginning to end. I didn't find myself drifting like Luke did. Um, yeah, I drifted. Secondly, uh, just a little pick up from last week's podcast. I did read um, book Dark <laughs> Objects. So up yours, the Lord. <laughs> was the book any good? Because I've, I've got it. Yeah. I was tempted to. I've got, I've got it on Kindle. I quite like it. Yeah, I liked okay. it. I thought he might be audiobook or something. Oh, no, I can't get into audiobooks. No, it's a bit like podcasts. I, I never know. Yeah. Can't listen to them. Um, right. <laughs> some, of the, some of the voices just really annoy me. Grating, oh, they're grating, aren't they? Like, yeah. You're listening to the Custard TV podcast, the official podcast of thecustardtv.com. It's only time for the rewind. Rewind. I've got a jingle now. You don't need to do that, but I appreciate it anyway. Let me play this backwards. We are still. Very much in Freaks and Geeks land. We're in 1999. Well, actually, we're not. We're in 1980. Yeah, we're in 1980. We're in high school land. Uh, This is Paul Feig and Jed Apatow's NBC masterpiece that was cruelly underappreciated by almost everyone at the network NBC. So much so that one of the episodes that we're going to discuss this week 
didn't actually get a broadcast airing because the head of NBC said it's too depressing. Uh, but the third episode uh, is is centred around Halloween and it's the, the three boys sort of... Well, actually, no, it's all of them, all of the characters struggling with wanting to partake in all that Halloween has to offer but also feeling they're past the age where they can realistically get away with trick-or-treating and uh, enjoy it and be kids. And then on the other side, there's the parents who want Lindsay to carry on dressing up and handing out candy with her mum, and she's obviously keener to spend time with her friends. The 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 basic structure of it is mum says at the beginning are you going trick-or-treating? And he says, no, we're too old now. And then Lindsay says, yes, I'll, I'll be here to hang candy out with you. And then the boys decide, or uh, Sam decides, that they should go trick-or-treating again after realising he doesn't want to read Crime and Punishment. Then Lindsay decides, oh, I want to go out with Daniel, Nick and, and, and uh, Ken rather than stay at home with Mum. And it, it's very much Lindsay's story is similar yeah. to the first episode with the dance. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but also, again, I hate to be repetitive, but here I go. So tenderly done. It's like Mm. she doesn't want to disappoint her mum and doesn't want to let her down and wants to continue this family tradition, but the pull of her new friends and the pull of her new life just is too much for her to resist. And then there's Sam, who's far far away aware of where he is in life but still wanted to cling on to the fact they went trick-or-treating the previous year why can't they go this year and i'm so glad they went because it showed us bill as uh, the bionic woman (laughs) i I think it is it was a weird one it was sort of spurred on by the teacher wasn't it saying you're all grown up now you need to be reading grown-up books and he realizes well maybe i'm not as much of a grown-up yeah. Um. And and their sort of their costumes of the um oh. the robot from the Daily Earth still Groucho Marx and the Bionic Woman. It was just I a sort of all the Bill stuff was so funny. I was killing myself. It's like my breasts are chafing and I can't walk. And I hope this wig's all right. And I think I've appreciated him more doing this rewind feature mm. than I ever did originally. It's such it is a, such a bizarre he's so character. Funny. Yeah, he's so it, funny. It's very sort of surreal, a sort of surrealist character, and the sort of the the storyline with Lindsay, where you know she goes out, she sort of wants to do something rather than driving around aimlessly, and then they start. Their stop. idea is just you know let's just drive around, see what happens. We'll we'll yeah. knock some mailboxes over, we'll kick some pumpkins outside people's houses, but then the two worlds collide with. Lindsay accidentally egging Sam, which again, mm. I, I forgot all about this, and it really hit me. She feels really responsible for it. She wants them to go back. She she feels she's really let her family down by doing this. Really well done. I really felt that was expertly handled. And Sam really I, taking yeah. offense And I think both Linda Cardellini and John Francis Daly played it they're really so sort good. of perfectly and him just standing there silently covered in the egg and and then so just walking poignant. away i think so point and then that follow-up scene where she goes to apologize to him and he'll he just says you know no one thinks you're cool and she said yeah. yes i know and that that scene as well and and and, and actually the parents in there you know it's very much an episode especially becky ann baker as the mum you know trying to desperately hold on to having her two children there, even though they are growing up 
very yeah. fast and things like that. Not quite understanding where they are, you know, this transformation that Lindsay's gone over into the into the summer and obviously Sam going into high school and not wanting to trick or treat. And actually the reactions to well there's four of them, isn't there? There's another yeah. lad as well, the four of them trick or treating and the reaction that the parents give them you know, with their smaller children out and about and, and the people they knock on the on the doors of. Another great bill line is, there's not any peanuts in these peanuts, is there? <laughs> 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 and the other note I've got from this episode that I quite liked was that Millie, the sort of the sort of prim and proper former best friend, has got a boyfriend. I know, that was so love. sweet. And, 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 and they show that a pair of them are drifting apart. She doesn't yeah. tell Lindsay... And Lindsay actually is quite perturbed by that, quite put out by, why wouldn't you share this important bit of news with me? I thought we were close. So she's still got a foot in that world. I I read it as, you know, Lindsay feels like she's grown up. She's with boys and she, you know, she feels like the word with Millie was all academic and religion and things like that. And actually she's there with a boy, whereas... You know, Lindsay is sort of, you know, still like lusting after Daniel, really. Mm. You know, she, he's got, she's got Nick, who's sort of a little lapdog towards her and things like that. But yeah, and I, as I say, I really like the the scenes with the mum, and actually the scene as well with the dad, where he goes into see Sam after he's been egged and yeah. and there's that little moment there where he's just like don't stay up too late and whenever I visualize the show in my head which I don't do often <laughs> but when I do I don't think of the parents at all but actually particularly in the next episode we'll go on to mm. they're quite integral to the plot and the dynamic and I hadn't remembered that at all from no. from watching it and they're not Typical sitcomy judgmental parents, you know, no. they're, they're quite welcoming and it's a warm environment that the that you know that Sam and Lindsay have come from this warm, loving family. Yeah. And well, they're very and, well, and I think that's one of the things about they are very well drawn, fully realised characters. I, I wonder if these are based partly on Paul Feig's parents, because obviously, as he said, you know, he I think he based Sam on himself. In yeah. terms of an, and always wanting a sister rather than a brother, so I don't know if there's an element of these being his parents as well. You know, with mum being sort of almost overly smothering to an extent, and dad yeah. sort of telling these stories that don't really go anywhere. There's that story in the, in the Halloween episode where he's like, you know, he still lives with his his 90 year old mother, and he never took a wife. Yeah, like the the one that follows it is the episode that I told you didn't air until much much later. It's called September fifth, two thousand. Yeah, this is Kim Kelly is my friend, and it gives you the backstory of Busy Phillips's Kim Kelly, who up until this point is a bit of a a snob, bit of an angry woman. Lindsay can't quite understand why Daniel hangs around with her she's been quite dismissive of Lindsay quite almost bullying in a in a way this delves more into her mm. backstory she's quite that, territorial isn't yes. she that's what i would say this shows you that her home life is very unsettled very unhappy lots of arguing but this is this is her sort of using Lindsay as a blueprint of look who i'm friends with uh, mm. because the family want to take away Kim's car that was given to her by her aunt who's passed on they they don't agree with any of the friendships in her life they don't like Daniel so she convinces Lindsay to go around as sort of a 
This is my new friend. She does really well in school. She gets good grades. Her family are respectable. Her dad runs this store. They make up a story about them having a, a beach house that Lindsay yeah. gets all tied in knots about trying to lie about. And and you do empathise with the character who up to this point has been really sort mm. of quite stereotypical and, and the kind of girl you'd expect to see in one of these high school shows. It does give you empathy for her. And by mm. the end of the episode... Uh, the title Kim Kelly is my friend comes to fruition because Lindsay understands Kim a lot more and Kim has respect for Lindsay for going to battle for her and trying to convince Kim's parents that she is a good friend to Kim. It's a really well put together and, episode. And I suppose the other bit in this as well is is Kim's friend who's uh, played by very young Rashida Jones in this episode. Very young Rashida Jones. Um, that, that shows you it was 99. Sometimes you'll see people and you'll think, wow. They look really young, and then mm. you remind yourself. Well, there was, uh, Ben Foster was in the first episode yeah. as well, wasn't he? he was playing Eli, and she is sort of palling around with her to begin with, bullying Sam, writing on his locker because she he almost opens her locker by mistake, and she writes sort of geek. I think I don't think the 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 sort of subplot with with Sam and and the friends is stro- as strong here. No, you know, I it's him agree. and Sam and Neil arguing about who's the bigger geek and. You know, again, this sort of transition into sort of adulthood, him throwing away all of his toy trucks and almost like Kim going to bat for him a little bit at the end. And, uh, you know, it it sort of does tie in with main story, I suppose, rather than them having their own sort of offshoot plot in this one. And Um, again, it's Sam saying to Lindsay again, why would you want to be friends with her? Mm. She's just a tormentor. She's a horrible person. Why would you want to spend any time with her at all? Yeah. And it sort of explains the sort of reconciliation in the relationship between, you know, Kim and Daniel. She sort of sees him as this, you know, when when she falls out with her mum and and leaves, she says, like, I need to find Daniel. Daniel will make everything okay. Uh, And then she finds him with with Karen licking his fingers or something like that. And and so they end up going back to the Weir household. I I like all those scenes there with the Weir parents again. They're brilliant, aren't they? Because, Mm. again... They're allowing these people into their lives, which they're not the sort of people that they really want Lindsay hanging out with, but they don't judge Kim or Lindsay for being friends. And they're sympathetic towards uh, the mum character very quickly, sort of when Kim's mum rings, that she's elaborating on the truth and she's very sympathetic when she starts crying and things like that and she lets her hang out with her a bit more. And I love the scene when when Nick arrives as well. That's my favourite scene. Because he tries to talk sort of man-to-man to to the father and it's all brilliantly done. You've Um, done a great job with Lindsay. Yeah, Yeah, um, thanks. I bought bought a basketball in your store three years ago and it's... Still works. It still Still works. works, Which I like, yeah, it still works. And I like the way it just... And they leave the home and Lindsay just says, I've got to get on with some homework, good night. And... And that it's not dwelled upon. They don't sit there talking about who are these people you're hanging out with. It's not that sort of show. It's just, it's a really tender, really welcoming show, and I really like the family dynamic. And it's really brought it home to me watching it like this because you notice it more in depth. And I I'm really enjoying watching it. Not a chore at all. Not at um, all. No, I would have probably gone on to the next. So all four. I've said this loads, but it's on all four or Amazon Prime Video. You can find it in both places. If you want to jump on, episodes 5 and 6 
will be part of the rewind. Rewind. Oh, not as much effort. You can tell we're doing this. There you go. I like that a little bit. Uh, rewind continues next week, episodes five and six of Freaks and Geeks. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com Let's finish on what I hope will be a fairly positive note uh, with The Good Place. A bit of history if you've never listened to the podcast before. I saw the first season when it went out on NBC in the US and when I heard that it was coming to Netflix, I asked Matt and Gary... Uh, to watch it all to the end, which unfortunately meant that they knew something was happening at the end because otherwise why would I ask them to watch it to the very end of the first season? But they did. They've all kept up with it, which is very rare that all three of us will eventually keep up with something all the way through. So we're now four seasons into The Good Place, the show created by Mike Sher about the afterlife and the four humans inside it, Chidi, Adagonye, Jamil and Jamil in there as Tahani, and Jason and uh, and Kristen Bell playing. You started that Eleanor. so well. I know it. I did. Eleanor, I feel like Eleanor, my brain melted. Eleanor, TD, Tahani, and Jason. How? Thank I, you. I even know Eleanor's surname. Isn't Eleanor Footstrap or something? Shellstrap. That's it. <laughs> You're so obsessed with feet. You're so obsessed with feet. <laughs> so obsessed. <laughs> Uh, so, um, I want to talk briefly, because I'd like Gary's view, and I don't think Matt and I discussed it on the podcast, but the, the, the penultimate episode saw the four get into the good place, Michael become a good place architect, and then all the original good place architects leaving, and leaving him in charge of the afterlife, the good place afterlife, and uh, and the, the four discovering that everyone within this good place that they've been aspiring to get to throughout the whole series is actually really depressed. And even though they're surrounded by everything they could ever want and they're in this paradise, because once you've done everything that you could possibly think of, you're there for eternity. And um, it was a really well-constructed, and I was ill and maybe I made me more emotional, but I teared up at the moment where uh, Michael announces that they've created a door where when they want to, they can leave the good place and end their existence. There's no rules on when they can go. Just when they feel they've completed their time, they can walk through the door and basically die. Um, I wanted your opinions on the penultimate episode first, Gary, and whether that moved you, what you thought of Lisa Kudrow popping up. Did you enjoy that penultimate episode going into this finale? I did. I mean, I think that the second to last, the penultimate episode was still good in the sense that it still had some comedy in it. It still had some surprises, twists. I'm not sure, sure that you would call Lisa Kudrow playing a, a, a Greek philosopher a twist. But, you know, the fact that he gets made the, the sort of, you know, the, the God character, as it were, uh, of The Good Place, I suppose, was an interesting one. Uh, mm. I, I, did in, I did enjoy it. Yes. So now we go into the finale and this saw them all in The Good Place. Everything was fine with with the world. They all knew that they could go uh, through that door whenever they wanted. Uh, it dawned on me slowly that what we were going to get was a slow burn of them exiting the good place and uh, going slowly through that door with Janet's guidance one by one. Um, what did you think, Matt, of the structure of this and the way the the way they dealt with everybody? 
going on to their final destination, as it were. It all felt very sort of believable, didn't it? I think the order that it happened, the way that sort of Tahani decided against it and, and decided to become an architect instead. Eleanor sort of desperately trying to um, get Chidi to stay and then trying to find her own purpose, you know, before she left. It reminded me of, and, and sort of similar, the sort of the very end of uh, Six Feet Under. Yeah, and, yeah. But sort of strung out over 40 minutes rather than a five-minute ending sequence. Yeah. Uh, and you still had the humour in there, you know, you still had... I mean, I love, I've loved Maya Rudolph in this last She's series. She's been brilliant. Yeah. Without her, it would have been a bit of a slog for me. I found this series in particular a little bit unpredictable in terms of quality of episodes. There's been some really good ones, like the Cheedy one was really good. And as you say, the sort of the penultimate episode in this. But, you know, with Maya Rudolph has added, and the guy who plays Sean as well, I think having him quite as a prominent character here as well. And I think they wrapped up everything well, having Michael become a human finally, and the sort of the... Um, plot strand of him trying to learn guitar and then being taught to why his actual wife, uh, Mary Virgin, the cameo there at the end. Um, Old Nick Offerman turning up as well briefly as a a chair maker. Well, as potentially himself. I I assume that. I've read on several places. If they they went for Ron, I think they'd have put the moustache on so that we knew it was Ron. Yeah, that was my thinking. So it must be um, him. Yeah, I mean, if I was to be critical, maybe it was a little bit long. It could have maybe cut five minutes and still had the same impact. But yeah, no, I I enjoyed the. This is what would happen. I think you know yeah. now they've given the people in the good place that option to leave, and that sort of sense of fulfilment and. It's a very poignant show, actually. I don't think the show has dealt with end of life mm. with. This particular level of positivity. Not and... since the beginning of the series, I think, if they go, if they focus so much on it. I feel like there were two characters that particularly deserve a lot of praise for this last episode. Yeah. Jason, I think, for a character that was very one-dimensional throughout the whole of the four series, suddenly you got a huge amount of respect for in this last episode yeah. as a character. I think the actor's been great because basically he's just the goofball player. You know, yeah. he, he comes up with the stupid lines and, and in this last episode. And I, I think the only thing I would say, I, I really, really felt like they should have done a Blake Bortles cameo throughout <laughs> yeah. any point of the that series. That would have been amazing. It, it? Would have, and I know that the problem was that Blake Bortles in real life lost his job as the starting quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he's now not even in football. So it was a little, you know, maybe it was a bit difficult to try and get hold of him. Yeah, no. But it really would have done like the end of him would have been meeting Blake Bortles. That, well, yeah, that would have been decision. a great way. Well, I've seen everything. I've done everything I wanted yeah, to I've do. Yeah, I've done everything and, and I've Let's met Blake go. Bortles. But, yeah. And I think the other thing, and it's really only a small thing, but we've talked about how the actress that plays Janet has been so good. Darcy She's Cards, amazing. She's that amazing. That last part in each of each of their characters where she said, you can sit here on this bench for as long as you like. It got me. And I, I know, don't me too. Know I'm why. weird. I know. I know. It got me. It was like a kind of like a death sequence yeah. of someone like, you know, saying to you, look, you haven't got to do this yet. You got, you know, there's your door. And it really got me. And it was a, amazingly for, for a comedy. Again, mm. there was a, it was like a Blackadder goes forth moment of real closure and real empathy that I had. Very poignant. I think they've, they've, what they've done is they've made end of life quite positive and yeah. they've looked at it really effectively. It's made me think differently about things. It talks about how 
you know you can have everything perfect but time is in, is infinite and you've we've all got to go through this at some point it's a very clever and ambitious thing for for any show to do let alone a half hour comedy and i think what else they did well in these final three four episodes is the only thing that i ever had an issue with or an, a problem with about the good place mm. was i never bought into eleanor and chidi's relationship mm. i think since they reset him and they showed you his childhood like they did yeah. that i finally understood him as a character i finally understood their bond and by the time i got to the finale i was like yeah. i believe in you i care about you and you are a genuine couple and for them to manage to do that in four episodes is, is really commendable, and I think it only, is... Only slight nitpick I have Go on. would be uh, the, for the Tahani character who throughout the whole series has been this name-dropper, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like her change of heart was quite... Or this kind of like... I liked the bit where she said, I'll make tea, I'll do anything, but I just didn't quite feel like that rounded off her character. I felt like she should have got her moment where she'd met all the people, the famous people... And well, now yeah, the time she, for her to go. I, I don't know. I I, the, again, recon- it's the reconciliation with her parents, I thought, was well done. I thought yeah. That was well yeah. Done. yeah. That was sort of her thing, wasn't it? The, you know, the relationship with her parents. The acceptance from yeah. them. Yeah. And, and then it, I would have said for her character, let her go through the door. I didn't feel she needed to have the, the bit where she became an engineer. How, how do we feel about the series as a whole? It's still one of my favorite shows and i've been defending it for people i know i know it's very i think it's a very inconsistent show i think it has flashes of brilliant i mean that first season was was really good but i i think since then you know because of the structure and i think the characters as well haven't been as fleshed out aside from you know michael and eleanor i think i struggle with the other characters if they've got some high concept ideas, it works. But occasionally, I have found some of the episodes quite dull. So mm. inconsistent for me. But a good, a strong, a strong start and a strong last two episodes. I definitely think they've ended it at the right yeah. time. And I think the the issue is, I think as Matt says, the first series has such a a strong twist and a strong way of doing it that I think it was hard. It, there's that kind of reminder for me about how Prison Break went. And I, I know it's a completely <laughs> different series, but as soon as you started moving away from the prison and the break in Prison Break, it wasn't quite as good. And I think the further they got away from the big twist of The Good Place wasn't The Good Place, then, you know, I think the show really had to rediscover itself a number of times and probably overstepped its mark in the middle of Bound Series 3, where it tried to reinvent, you know, this whole idea where they were reinventing the bad place. And then, you know, they I, were I will say, Earth that, and, I mean... But as well, I say, they... as, as a whole... I think yeah. they've ended it in such a way that it will get looked back on more favor- as favourably as it should be. I think that's a good way of wrapping it up. So that is The Good Place, um, The Stranger, Baghdad Central and Inside Number 9. If you have any views on any of these shows, you can contact us several ways. Uh, CustardTVReviews at gmail.com to give us your feedback there. There's also the official podcast feed at CustardTVPod on Twitter or at Nuts TV Bites for Matt, at Luke Custard TV for me. Oh, uh, but, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, my, my new Twitter is at Councillor Gary. Uh, that's oh, not, it's, okay. No, it's not. It's the Gary show. I, I was hoping you'd be Superintendent Redbrook, but, you know, <laughs> just 
That's what I'm hoping Sorry, for. It's at, it's at the Gary Show. At the Gary Show. You can get in contact with us there. Uh, like us and write us a review on iTunes. Like us on all your podcast Hi, apps of choice. Um, please review us. Please tell your mates and your friends with the ears that they should be listening and watching along uh, on the Rewind as well with Freaks and Geeks if you're into that. And we'll be back oh, soon. Oh, hold on, hold on. Can I get, can I get a Rewind off Matt? Rewind. One That's of them. it. Thank you. Yep. <sighs> okay. Uh, <laughs> thank you ever so much to Gary. I'm so glad you found time in your busy councilman uh, schedule to join us this week. Councilman. <laughs> If Burger. we have um, any sort of scandals in Borough Green or any yeah. sort of... It's not yeah, on the news, it? then uh, yeah, you'll know it's to do with me. What does one have to do to become a councilman? Well, uh, first of all, I had to give a blood sample. Uh, then I had to bring both <laughs> my grandparents in for an investigation meeting. Uh, Are you serious? To... No, of course not. Oh, dear. <laughs> no, no I, I, I had to... I had to, <laughs> I had to do a... I can't believe you believe that. I was did, just thinking... did someone come up to you and say, do you want to be a parish councillor? No, how yeah. does it no, work? No, no, no. My, my, my brother-in-law is already a parish councillor. He knew okay. that I was interested in local issues. or wanted. So a bit of nepotism going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and then I had to be interviewed and then voted in. And I Who voted you in? All the other councillors. Was it unanimous? It was unanimous, yeah. Oh, oh I wish Matt and I were on the board. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know that. Like, I can't let's move to the Shall we move to Borough Green? I then feel like we should. Then everyone Gary knows will be in Borough Green. <laughs> Give, give it two years. That borough council will be run by me. No, I'm joking. Yeah. That is let's a joke. Let's just shake things up. Move to Borough Green. <laughs> All right, then. Let's move on. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook.